podcast where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. And it is a spooky fall morning here. It actually is kind of crisp this morning as we are recording this. And uh, as we are coming into the spooky season, we are all in mood for Halloween. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Just a great list of Halloween movies you could be watching with your kids this season. But first, let me introduce the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey, uh, just, just rolling up in this business straight up like, I'll say this, let's put you as Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling you there. I'm t- I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but, uh, just, uh, only say my name twice. Cause the third time I just fall asleep. That's no, true. you're Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I'm the villain. I want to be both. I want to be okay. both. Let's, let's call I want to split hair. <laughs> I want to be both. No, sorry. Uh, Sawyer Hewlett, the villain of our podcast, is 1,000% Oscar Isaac as uh, the dad from the Adams Family in those Adams Family <laughs> reboots that nobody watched. <laughs> so there you go. So- Oscar Isaac, okay? Oscar Isaac, that, that's a dub, okay? Okay, all right, all right. You're taking it as a win. You doing all right? Uh, Sawyer, I know you are from uh, Missouri, and you have complained to me privately multiple times about how we do not have a fall in Georgia. This is very true, and it's lame, but right now it's 61 degrees outside, 64 degrees outside, and uh, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I'm wearing sweatpants because it's like, it's not warm, but it's also, well, it is a little bit warm, but it's not. Tomorrow, I think it's 92, so. Yeah, I think the high is like back into the 90s next week, and it's freaking lame. Yeah, yeah, but but you're excited for the Halloween season. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Just know it's just like anything else. It's just a filter in Georgia. Georgia's just a filter that looks like fall, but it's actually just summer reincarnated. It's, it's <laughs> summer two. It's summer two, which summer is not the sequel. summer one <laughs> because there's still school. Okay. Like, come on. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, uh, Heidi Cooper, the mom of our podcast. And you are pulling full soccer mom vibes this morning as you are actually at the soccer fields. We are at the soccer fields uh, with my littlest. My daughter had her game this morning, and the littlest is having his practice now. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I'm shooting in the car. (laughs) There you go. Well, we're glad to have you. and and I'm so glad to be here where your true priorities lie with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Hey, but before we get to talk about why this podcast matters so much, first up, Donnie Dorsey, why don't you tell everybody what it is we do on this podcast? Yeah, so on this podcast, we encourage every family, community, Christian church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories and start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships. And uh, movie nights are just great opportunities to do that because movies, they're not just this uh, easy way to share laughter and joy together, you know, fear and sadness in a, in a safe environment. But they give us chances to talk about what matters most to us in ways that are meaningful and memorable with your children. And uh, on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies you could watch on your monthly movie night, but, uh, you know, give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you can have with your children during or after the movie. 
Yep. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add one more thing to our to-do list of things that, you know, we're going to feel guilty about if we don't get them done as a parent. But we want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together and to build memories so that you can have conversations that matter. So throughout our conversation today, remember, we just want to have fun and help you think of simple and easy ways to share the love of Jesus with your kids. And today we're going to talk about that because uh, today we are talking about Halloween movies. And uh, in particular, we're talking about like family friendly Halloween movies. I will let you know a preview coming up. We actually are in, I think, two weeks going to be discussing a movie that falls more into like the teenage horror aspect. So anybody who is a scary movie fan, uh, like I know uh, many of us on this podcast are, uh, we, we've got a good one that I actually think uh, most people haven't seen uh, because it kind of got dropped on Netflix. And so a lot of people didn't see it, but it's going to be a lot of fun. But today we are just talking about kind of more family friendly, some of them funny, some of them a little scary, but certainly age appropriate for your kids. Uh, I would would say like 13 and under so um uh all the way down i think we even got a couple that are, are going to be fine for your three and four and five year olds we're going to talk about those a little later but first we wanted to talk about why you even watch halloween movies with your kids because i know a lot of people especially a lot of believers uh halloween kind of freaks them out and so we're not trying to uh have a conversation today about why in particular you should love halloween um although uh heidi might turn into a pumpkin at some point during this because uh she might love halloween more than most people I know. Literally, yes. A raging yeah. pumpkin. <laughs> yes. How can you not love Halloween? It's yes. So fun. Yes, but uh, the, the, the point of this is not to somehow uh, convince you to love Halloween, but really the conversation we want to talk about is Halloween is really the beginning of the um, holiday season, right? Because you go Halloween at the end of October, within three to four weeks, you're at uh, Thanksgiving, and then you're right into uh, Christmas time. In fact, a lot of people, the moment the Halloween decorations come down, uh, the Christmas decorations go up. And so really what we want to have a conversation with is why uh, do traditions matter? How can we use the seasons and the holidays uh, in such a way that we actually make uh, an impact on our kids' lives. And so I want to kind of start the conversation there. And uh, in particular, I'll say this, and this is the reason I brought it up. Uh, my kids, from the moment they moved into our house, Halloween, the whole month of October, and maybe this is because uh, I was like coming of age during the ABC family uh, 31 nights of Halloween. So like all of October for my family is like, we watch multiple kind of like Halloween and scary and spooky fall type movies and it's actually become a tradition that my kids love and for my family in particular in that my family is kind of non-traditional three of our uh, children are adopted it is really important for us that we kind of have joint traditions traditions that really just kind of exist for us but I think that's true for all families so can we just start and maybe this would be a fun way to start is what do holiday traditions look like around maybe your family or your family of origin and which ones really kind of stand out to you is like this one actually matters uh to me either as a parent or like when i was a kid these are the traditions and they don't just have to be halloween they could be anything but let's just start the conversation there um sorry i want to start with you you don't have kids uh but you 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 did i understand 
have a family of origin you didn't just like birth from the evil cold depths of the earth and and, and just be formed in such a way you did have a family yes i i have i have parents and uh, i have humans that share some i will DNA say this in case his parents are watching i did meet his parents this was a bit this was a bit i do lovely people his parents are. i I can assure you, my parents do not know that this podcast exists. Okay, uh, and uh, I'll for, I'll for go one further. They know it exists and have made an intentional choice not right. to watch it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, let's let our suspension of disbelief continue with Sawyer. Uh, yes. No, um, gosh, my parents were big on traditions for our family is the thing, and like I would say to their credit, like it was like, they did a great job of letting all of us, like me and my siblings come up with new traditions. Um, and we did a great job of like continuing them over the, over the years, this Christmas, when I go home, I know that there's going to be some that, uh, that I get to be a part of and stuff like that. And so, you know, there's, is there there's, one tradition that stands out as like, this one really matters? Well, so it's not really Halloween centric. We had Halloween traditions that I loved and stuff like that. But my favorite, tra whenever I think of like family holiday centric tradition, I think about what our Christmas Eve and Christmas morning uh, routine is. And uh, basically on Christmas Eve, uh, Walmart. So here's the deal. It was a big deal. We have a Walmart in our hometown and it's the biggest thing there is. Okay. It's, it's the not that big deal. of a deal. We have one and we, we had so many, we set one so, on fire. You don't understand. I'm from a town of 10,000 people. Okay. With, with like more cows, a greater population of cows than there are humans. Okay. And 80% of them work at Walmart. <laughs> well, legitimately like of the cows. Yes, exactly. 80% of the cows are working yeah, at Walmart. Exactly. Uh, but no, so on Christmas Eve, Walmart closes at six o'clock, okay? And we would always have our Christmas Eve service uh, right after then. So our Christmas, Eve's our Christmas Eve and Christmas tradition would start at Christmas or at like 4.30 on Christmas Eve. We would go to Walmart and we would all pick out our favorite cereal. Then we would go to Christmas Eve service. We would come home. We would open one present go to bed, wake up in the morning, open our presents. And then, and this was my favorite part, uh, we would all get to like share each other's cereals that we got the night before. And we just had the, this awesome cereal breakfast bar. And uh, it, it that was- That does sound fantastic. That does sound wonderful. Awesome. We would, uh, we would like all have chocolate milk. Um, as I got older, I would drink coffee, but, uh, but I was like, the, I was the edgy oldest brother and stuff like that. And so- uh, but no, I, I, I just, whenever I think of traditions, I just think of those, the, that like 13 hour period of just like perfection and stuff like that. That's great. Well, and, and I think that's a good example. Uh, here we have Sawyer, uh, who is, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're an adult now and you still look back on those traditions as being some memorable and as a, a an important part. I think, I think our traditions, and I'll say this, I think our traditions say a lot 
about who we are as a family. Um, and they, you know, whatever it be, and, and we're going to talk about this later, not just my yearly kind of annual traditions, but like the daily rhythms of our life, they show what we prioritize and what we value. And I think even what I heard there, Sawyer, and we're going to come back to this. So I don't want to hit this too much, but even the fact that like on Christmas Eve, church was a priority. And the fact that mm-hmm. you said, this is going to matter. And then family is a priority, like us being together. And I think that's an important part of like um, creating these traditions. And my family um, was not very traditional in the sense that we didn't really have, our traditions changed a lot. That actually became part of what our traditions were. It's like, we're the family that like, we don't keep a tradition longer than two years. And that was kind of, but like, honestly, that speaks for people who know my family that's my family. We, we don't have like a lot of things we hold sacred, but what we hold is whatever we do, we're going to do it together. Like whatever new thing comes into our family, which I think for my family has been honestly a fun thing. And I'm talking about my family of origin, um, the, you know, with my brothers and my parents, as we've had new people come into the family and, you know, new schedules have to come in. We're all apt to, Hey, let's change the tradition to match the people who are coming in. Like the traditions don't become so stale and so hard that new people can't work themselves into it. And so I think that's also important too. But I think having these rhythms are really important. Heidi, are there any uh, family traditions either that you grew up with or maybe that your family has now that just really stand out to you as, man, this was meaningful to me? Yeah, totally. So uh, one of of my childhood traditions we lived in a really really small community and um we would literally ride on um uh like hay like on a tractor (laughs) Um, we would be like on a hay ride and we would go around and it was at christmas too like Sawyer's. we would go around on christmas eve night and we would carol like to different like oh that's cool houses we knew all the people of course but it was just so much fun yeah and there was one old lady who used like if we ever tried to go to her house she would chase us off of her property with a broom and she that was like I was like, oh man, I hope we go to her house this year because <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. But yeah, with my kids, I think my favorite has been, um, we do like a lot, like we usually will get like a family game or a family puzzle, like as a gift to the family. And uh, my mom did this. She started this with our family of origin. Um, and then we would do it on like our Christmas break, you know, like, so we'd open it on Christmas. I love and that. And that last week, yeah, we would play the game or we'd, do the puzzle together, whatever. And it would just be like a lot of fun. Yeah. To well, get think, together around the table. Yeah. I think Heidi, what you're hitting there, that is so huge. And I love this. My, my family, um, my, my current family with my daughters, we are trying to create a similar thing that, um, you know, when we get presents, cause they have a lot, I did not grow up. This is something that's very uh, different about me than I think a lot of people. I did not grow up with almost any family nearby. Um, it was just really my parents. My, my grandparents were in Mississippi in Kentucky and all of my aunts and uncles were there too. So, um, really it was kind of my family on the holidays. Uh, and my parents made a thing because they, you know, they had started this church. And so we had Christmas Eve and all those kind of things. They just weren't going to force us to kind of run to Kentucky, right. You know, on Christmas morning and run to Mississippi and do all that. We would see those families, but it wouldn't be right at that time. And so a lot of our stuff was centered around, kind of experiences that we had playing family games one of my favorites new year's day we would just play games all day and watch the sound of music 
I just remember that. I remember watching The Sound of Music. Uh, I remember uh, I remember watching, we would watch the, and I think we talked about this in one of the very first episodes of this podcast, the movie Scrooged. That was our family Christmas Eve movie. We would, we would, we would go to Longhorn Steakhouse because back then it was the only thing that was open late enough on Christmas Eve. We would eat at Longhorn Steakhouse. Then we would come home and watch uh, Scrooged. And to this day, that movie is just like very meaningful to me uh, because of that. Donnie, any, any things that stand out to you as just being very, very powerful? Um, I think, you know, one thing like in general is like usually around the holidays because people are off work and stuff. It was definitely the game nights, um, stuff like that. But I think I remember kind of like what uh, we were talking about. I remember like more of Christmas tradition of like, you know, on Christmas Eve, we get to open one president, president. We didn't open a president. Uh, we opened a president. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's confessing to a crime. <laughs> I we did not. assume the body of a dead president, <laughs> perform an autopsy. It was very, it was very exhilarating. I mean, no one could ever say How that. How very was... Halloween of you. That is the plot <laughs> yeah, of Donnie, Halloween Can you movie. please just answer all the conspiracies around JFK? Because that's there one you go. Don, so Donnie I, now, knows. Now that we know you have, you have the answers. I wasn't supposed to tell anyone, but uh, another slip. <laughs> I love it. All right, anyway. So you guys would have uh, presents on Christmas Eve? Yes, yeah, so we'd open one uh, on Christmas Eve, and then, like, usually whatever it was, then we would, uh, like, on Christmas Day, open the rest of them, and we'd play, play games and stuff like that. And we'd have usually have, like, a, a breakfast. Like, usually it was, like, a big breakfast or something like that. Um, sometimes we went somewhere, but a lot of times it was at home. It would be, like, you know, whatever we decided was going to be that breakfast for the day. And I, I mean, I just remember it always being very much about like, hey, you know, it's a holiday, but, you know, family is very important and having time together is very important. Yeah. Well, and I think that's all huge. And I think the thing I love, you know, about all of these that we're talking about is how they give, honestly, even just hearing all the different kind of traditions it gives me a sense of like who your family is and what your family was like growing up. Um, and I think that's the beautiful part of it. And I think, and I heard this from multiple people on this of the idea of like a game night, you know, we at the church have these family game nights every couple, couple times a year where we're really trying to encourage families like, Hey, have these, make this a rhythm of life for your family, regular game nights, you know, on important nights, make them like a game night. The whole point of this podcast is that we think, hey, having these regular times of connection that Donnie's already talked about, right? These movie nights where you go, my kids know this. And I think holidays are a time that for even for families who don't watch a lot of movies, holidays are times where families sit around and watch movies together. Like we mentioned the ones on Christmas already. Like every family has like some Christmas movie you watch. And we think that Halloween is just another opportunity to kind of instill these kind of memories in your kid of, Every time it's Halloween season, right? We watch this kind of movie and it's a time for our family to just come together. And yeah, Halloween feels honestly for a lot of people as one of like the least religious holidays. I will say, unless you're Catholic or unless you grew up in there, there is uh, All Saints Day, which is the next day tends to be a, a rather big thing. But uh, for most of us, I'll say in the American uh, uh, church, Halloween feels almost like a completely secular holiday. It's just about candy or it's about maybe even you think it's more demon worship and Satan worship or, you know, you go to that side, but there is a way in which to take these times that culturally 
all, everyone kind of slows down and focuses on something to make a tradition where you kind of reframe things. And this one could just be around, hey, we as a family, this is what our life, you know, we want to be together. And we want to love one another. And so we're going to give you some movies that we think will give you a chance to do that. Uh, Sawyer, you look like you got to want to say something. Yeah, well, I mean, and to, to that point, you know, like, I I love creating traditions is the thing. Uh, like, it, especially, like, around this time of year is the thing. And I think, like, part of my reason for that is because, like, traditions are almost like a vehicle for memory and stuff like that. That's right. So, like, when I was in college, my fa- one of my favorite accomplishments in college was getting my friends and on Halloween, we would all like me and my roommate, or when we moved into an apartment, my roommates would throw a big Halloween party is the thing with a bunch of college age kids. And keep in mind, this is a very innocuous Halloween party. We were at Bible college for crying out loud. Okay, this is not this is not that like, don't mean uh, nothing. But go exactly ahead. Right. That well, don't mean nothing. But I believe but that the, you're but the, for crying out loud. Smash Bros, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Some of my favorite memories, though, are through those. Like some of my favorite memories in my entire life are through those. And so, like, I'm telling you, your kids will remember these traditions that you create, especially if you as a family create them and stuff like that. Those are the most memorable ones. Yeah, I think I kind of wanted to, like, just add one point to that. Um, What you were saying, Nathan, too, is that, like, I think everybody can relate to, like, the shutdown right after the pandemic began and, like, how our families spent so much time like just together. And we all came up with all of these like amazing things that we did and that we enjoyed, you know, and like, it was really easy for, I feel like just like anybody and everyone, like no matter what your background or how, what your religion is or anything like that, what your spirituality is to just like really think of things that they enjoyed with their family during that time. And I think that's kind of like what you are you know, yeah. like leaning towards with the idea of like, this is a time where we slow down, where we like kind of focus our attention on something fun and positive. And that just doesn't happen very often. You know, there's yeah. so much negativity. And so that's why I think it's important to like, you know, even if you are a parent who works a lot or who, you know, travels a lot, maybe for work or things like that, like you can still engage in these areas where you do have opportunities of slowdown and, you know, school is on break and sports and stuff like that are on break. And I just think those times are so important because like Sawyer said, they create such fun memories, such positive memories. Yeah. Donnie, did you have something to add? You look like you had something to say. Yeah. I mean, I mean, kind of echoing a lot of what y'all have been saying. I mean, I think traditions kind of sometimes can be a good, good, hard reset, um, especially in like your, your core relationships because sometimes like life can be handing you all kinds of, you know, rough, rocky moments. And then Halloween or Christmas or Thanksgiving comes around and you're like, ah, I get to be around my family and friends. Cause like, you know, some people do, you know, go home with friend with family, but sometimes people do the Friendsgiving. So they end up spending Thanksgiving with their friends and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it often that tradition and that reminder is often like, Hey, all right, no matter what's going on, I do have something I can always go back to that brings me a level of joy or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I think so to kind of just piggyback on all that. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about what Heidi was talking about with the pandemic. Cause I, I, my mind went to this when we were kind of planning this episode, um, it was so important. And I remember actually Donnie and I taught some teenagers about this at the beginning of the pandemic. What One thing that the pandemic did 
was that it destroyed the rhythm of life for almost everybody. And yep. so like in those first, especially those first couple months when people like their work schedule was off and like businesses hadn't figured it out. And obviously kids were just suddenly out of school and they didn't know people were like, everyone was waking up at like 1030 in the morning and staying in sweatpants all day and not to knock any of those things, but that was like two months. And Donnie and I were talking to some teenagers about, Hey, it's really important for you to maintain a rhythm of life. Mm -hmm. And what we mean is like almost these, traditions to your day that I wake up at this time and I go to bed at this time. And these are the times that I've set aside to connect with family or to connect with God or to do some kind of spiritual practice. Like these rhythms of life are important. And I think the pandemic really kind of made that clear. But what I want to say is as a family, your rhythm of life outside of holidays, right? And we're talking about kind of these special times and traditions, But your rhythm of life as a family, it really, that is what your kids remember. Your kids may not remember specific holidays, but they remember the traditions. And your kids aren't going to remember a specific Tuesday in October, but they are going to remember, I remember waking up every day and my parents X, Y, and Z. And so I want to talk about why it's important for us to have daily, weekly, monthly rhythms of life where we center Jesus in our family. Cause I don't want us to lose this. The whole point of this podcast, the whole point of our family ministry, the whole point of our parenting events. I was just at a parenting event last night. The whole point of everything that we do around your family is to help us raise children who are centered around Jesus, who love Jesus in his way of life. And our rhythm of life is so critical to that. So I want to talk about what are rhythms? Let's just talk about daily rhythms. What are daily rhythms either that once again, your family did with you or that you do as a family that center Jesus in your life as a family. So has anyone got something that kind of sticks out as just something to start us with? I mean, I mean, I I was just going to say growing up, I, I didn't really think that this was important. I just thought it was, I didn't, I didn't think it was like a big deal. I just thought everyone does this. Uh, but me and my family would have dinner when, when I was in elementary, we would have dinner together every single weeknight together. Um, by the time I got to high school, it got a little more complicated, but at least three times a week, we were all sitting down around the table together. Um, when I was in college, it was once a week and stuff like that. Having, yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that's the biggest thing my parents did for me. Well, I think that that time of, of family connection is huge. And I think, you know, wise parents and Sawyer, I just bet knowing the family you grew up in centering prayer at those times of, hey, we're going to pray together and we're yeah. going to kind of talk about our day and be able to kind of as a family kind of identify where did we fall short of what Jesus wants us to do? Where did we succeed at what Jesus wants us to do? Being able to have those conversations helps to center. So I'll say one thing just to tag along with Sawyer's thing. We, because we homeschool, we have lunch every day together. Um, That's kind of our big meal because nighttime often I have something or Jennifer has something. So lunchtime is our big family gathering point. And at the meal, we all pray together. And part of what our prayer has become is we we pray. One of my kids will pray, and then they all kind of pray what they want to pray for. And then when we're done, one of our kids has, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That always, And I, that was just something we did early in the pandemic. Um, and then it eventually became, now my kids, every time we're done praying, someone will just go, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then one of the kids will say, and who is your neighbor? And the other kids know how to respond. It's anyone you're next to. 
anyone you next to is your neighbor. And that seems almost like this rote memorization. They just know it. But the benefit of that is it gets deep with them. Every time I connect with God, I need to remember to love my neighbor. Every time I connect with God, I need to love my neighbor. And having that deep within them, it's a rhythm of life. And they just remember, man, prayer really mattered to my dad. Man, it really mattered to my mom. Man, this this was important. So I agree. Family meals are huge. Praying at family meals. I know sometimes it feels silly. And I don't even mean like that you got to bless the food. I mean, let's just, God, just bless this time that we're together. Yeah. So, Donnie, you had something you wanted to say. What, what was something for you? Kind of one of the things you mentioned, um, definitely, um, the definitely family meals, but also, um, praying during the meals and kind of in a way, I guess somewhat teaching them about what prayer really is in that's this good. sense that's a communication, because, you know, a lot of times when, you know, when you're sitting down with your kids, it's very easy to go, Hey, let's do this rhythm of things. And like, they do have like prayers they've memorized from like school and stuff like that. But just reminding them like, you know, let's pray for, you know, the day, let's they pray for like the blessings that we've seen, haven't seen and things like that. Because I think um, anytime you're, you're with your kids or you're with your family or whomever is that it's so important just to be reminded of the opportunity to be grateful because yeah. there are so many things that we take for granted or, and not realize like, and I guess in some ways, you know, there's times where I'll just be like saying to my kids, like, Hey, you know, I get, you know, I'll tell them like, Hey, it's, I understand you don't like this particular meal, but just be mindful that, you know, yeah, this is a blessing. Like, you know, it's a blessing that, that he has jobs to be able to do these things and all this stuff. And it's like, it may not be your favorite, but it is still a blessing, you know? And I think they understand that, but you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, but also the other thing I was going to say was uh, for us, it tends to be, there's at some point in the day, there's music playing in the house and there may be random singing and or dancing in the house, yeah. which is always fun to like kind of cut loose and let loose for the day because Whatever is going on, if we turn on some music, that usually breaks whatever the tension is. Yeah. Well, and I think incorporating uh, church music in that, you know, if you're yeah. if you're a parent at our church on our YouTube channel for kids, they have the the song that the kids are singing every mm -hmm. month. My I love watching my kids up there and they're doing the motions and they're doing the dance. And then I learn the song. So throughout the day, I just start kind of singing the song yeah. and they start singing. And there's something beautiful about hearing your kids sing. Yeah. They've been singing um, recently. They've been practicing and not like, I don't even know if it was by prompting. I think they heard it and they just wanted to, but they've started singing the song about the books of the Bible. And yeah. so they've started to memorize it and like they're singing it. And I'm like, that's so cool. I like, I love, like, I love that it's, they're engaged with it. Yeah. But it wasn't like me going, all right, you got to remember all the books of the Bible. They were like, I want to, like, this is cool. I want to well, understand. <laughs> and regardless of whether that knowledge of the books of the Bible stick with them until they're 80, yeah. right? The rhythm of life that is, I just was singing about Jesus all the time. I mean, how I, I think back on one of the few memories I do have of my grandma is how much she would just sing these old church hymns that I didn't know because we didn't sing hymns yeah. at you know at Community Christian. We didn't sing hymns, so I didn't know. But I could just I would hear these songs and I knew they were about Jesus. And it was just that's what I think of. I think of my grandma kind of she would talk 
I thought she was talking to herself at times, but she was just talking to Jesus out loud. And then also singing these songs. And that does something to my soul that that becomes a part of our rhythm of life. And I think the other part, Donnie, that you said about like kind of refocusing of like on gratitude and cheerfulness and all these different kind of biblical virtues that we want for our kids. I think there's an important to kind of creating phrases as a family, you know, and as a parent that you just kind of repeat to your kids at random times. And so I'll give you, here's a rhythm of us every day. Every time when we leave church, my wife and I drive separate because I get there earlier and two kids ride with me and we rotate who it is and two kids ride with her. And of course, what they want to do is let's make it a race. Who can get home first? And so what started to happen early on, and I don't even remember when it happened, but I said to one of my kids, well, you know, when Jesus says that if you're first, you're last. And so you actually want to be last, you know, it's okay if we're last, it's okay if we're last. And that's actually become a thing. My kids do that all the time. And they actually occasionally now start going, I actually want to be last. I want to be last because that means I win. I want to be last. I want to be last. (laughs) I want to be last. And we went to this family scavenger hunt that our church did once again push for the family uh, nights. They did a family scavenger hunt. And we, um, there was a, a person who was in our small group, a mom who's in our small group. And um, her husband is out of town for work and she's got all these kids. And she actually had to run back to her house to get something. So she said, hey, can you kind of watch my kids while we're gone so that, um, so that you know, you can, you know, they can still be a part of what's going on. And the first leg of the thing was we had to drink a gallon of water as a family before we could leave. Uh-huh. And so I was trying to help their family so i'm downing my gallon of water then downing their gallon of water going back and forth and then we actually started about three to four minutes later than all the other families because i was waiting for this mom to get back well she they got there and they kind of left and then i'm gathering my kids to leave well we lost the scavenger hunt and we were like three to four families behind and one of my daughters who's very competitive goes well, we lost. And what she actually said was, we lost because you guys are slow at everything. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to have a thing where we stopped. And I said, now let's talk about it. So, you know, how we always say, it, you, you know, the last will be first and the first will be last. I said, Jesus isn't saying that you should try to necessarily lose everything you do. I said, what he's saying is, is that trying to be first should not be your priority. I said, why was it that we actually lost? And they said, well, we had to stay and wait for this other family. And I said, do you think Jesus would have cared that we we were trying to win? So we just abandoned these children to go try and win. Or do you think Jesus was happier that we stayed and that those kids also got to play the game? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's those kind of conversations, those rhythms of life that have established that conversation. Yeah. That reminded me of something that I've been trying to do with my kids is trying to replace certain words like with um, other words. Like I was saying, like instead of saying I have to do something, saying things like yeah. I get to do something. And like because um, and then like I hear a lot of parents like, of course, that say, you know, that's a bad word. And I say, well, let me say it like this. It's like it's a word that doesn't allow everyone to be included. So when you use certain language, sometimes you're saying, OK, well, someone may not be able to participate in this conversation. And when I tell them that they're like, oh, so like it's like, yeah, adults use like certain language and stuff like that. But it does sometimes exclude someone because they don't like to hear that type of language. And I'm like, so, you know, that's what I want them to understand because like, there's so many terms we put on stuff like good, bad, like we're like healthy, unhealthy. It's like anything in anything in excess can be unhealthy as, as far as foods, but it's about moderation. And I think like trying to teach them about, Hey, you know, everything in moderation, like you don't want to like, 
get to the point where like, Hey, I just want to have things, you know, going with that gratitude idea is like, but I want to have the opportunity to open my hand so I can give things to trying to build into that, like that giving yeah. muscle. <laughs> I think it's good. That's good. Heidi, any rhythms of life that either are important to you when you were young or uh, that are important to your family now, as I saw you shushing your children. <laughs> yes, they're both back there. Abel took his shirt and socks off. And so I'm like, I can't, I got to blur the background. Like we can't. That's have, a rhythm. That's we, a rhythm of life. Yeah, I understand. definitely not. You guys do not need to be a part of. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, one thing that we do that I um, am always so grateful for when I'm able to be a part of it, but whoever is around at bedtime, which obviously is one parent, for our stage, one parent and two kids or two parents and two kids. Um, we do our favorite things. We talk about our favorite part of the day and it started out like just, um, a way to kind of reflect on something positive that happened because we were going through a hard time and it just stuck. And so it was just like, um, now it's something that we all look forward to. We take turns on who talks first and like, it's just, we, it often turns into really good conversation about positive interactions that we had. And I think for people who tend to like be, um, you know, critically minded or, you know, depressed or anxious or things like that, you know, <clears throat> adults and kids, you know, I think that it really helps to like, just remind you like, Hey, there were good parts of this day, you know, and not just get sucked up on what, you know, challenging stuff happened. So we love that. We do it right before we pray. And then it's just always fun. I love that. And I think we didn't get a chance to talk about it. So Heidi, I'm glad you did. Just like family meals are important. Bedtime routines, especially the younger your kids are like, well, and I'll even say for your teenagers, you may not be involved with the bedtime routine, but them having one of their own yeah. is really important. And I think centering Jesus in that in our wake up times. So my kids every day before we leave for the gym, while they, before they eat breakfast, they have their own little prayer journals where they either draw something or write something. Uh, we go over uh, the church, you know, gives us these devotionals that we take home and we do that in the morning. One, uh, my oldest daughter, she now leads it, which is a beautiful thing. She gets to read it and do that whole thing. My kids then pray, they go through it. So having these morning routines and once again, your routines do not have to look like our routines. Yeah. Uh, don't don't hear our stuff because we say this over and over again. We're not trying to add to your list of things. We're trying to give examples of things you could do. So morning yeah. routines centered on Jesus, family meals centered on Jesus, nighttime centered on Jesus, all of that. And even if it's just, hey, let's be grateful for the life God gave us. Let's be yeah. grateful for something in this day God gave us. You know, today's the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice no matter what happens. I will choose to rejoice all of those things. And if we can, if we can tie them back to Jesus, we're not just thankful for this day. We're thankful that Jesus gave us this day. We're not just thankful, you know, all those things. Donnie, you got something to say? Yeah, I was, it's interesting kind of like going with Heidi was talking about. It's like, I remember, and this is like a real recent thing is that I've been kind of trying to remind myself this phrase of going every day is not the best, but I can make the best of it because yeah. it's very like you like she was saying is that it's very easy to get lost in the negativity of the day of the world like whatever is happening and forget to just kind of remind yourself you know what like maybe the work day was bad or maybe the day at school was not so great but i did laugh really hard at this joke someone told me or 
I, you know, heard, you know, this great song or whatever it was, or someone told me that I looked like they liked my outfit or something like it's just that reminder of going, there's a good part in the day. We but we often focus on the the less good of the day. Yeah. Well, I want to hit on because we're we're running a little long on time and we still want to recommend you guys some movies. So I want to hit on three things really quickly that I think are equally important. Not I know we're not giving this as much time. These are equally as important. So we've talked about good daily rhythms for your kids. Uh, a weekly rhythm all of your family needs is that we prioritize church, that yeah. that community with the church. It matters. I remember in the pandemic. When when we could when no one in the church was able to gather together, it was so important for me when we were doing just online gatherings that my family had a routine around us sitting to watch TV. Even if you're not able to attend in person, being able to say, hey, let's get on the computer, let's watch this, and let's make a routine of it. Let's make it happen. Telling them, and I, you know, I used I my kids all the time say, you know, we go to church to learn about God. And I said, you know, to learn about God everywhere. You go to church to love the people of God. You go to church to love God by loving people. And so being able to instill in our kids, you know, I used to always say in youth ministry, the way that you disciple a, a, a student is to convince them, you cannot have a good and pleasing life apart from Jesus, and you cannot love Jesus and not love the church. So that the way that if I can get those two things in your head, that if you want a good and pleasing life, you have to love and follow Jesus. And if you're going to love and follow Jesus, you're going to love the church and creating weekly routines. But here's the other thing I want to mention. They need to be able to see your daily routines and your weekly routines, that your personal devotion to Jesus, it is the critical key to your children following Jesus. If you create a daily rhythm that says prayer matters, but they never really see you pray, they will become an adult who thinks, well, they, they were just doing a bedtime routine and they included prayer in it. Yeah. But it's important for me that my kids know I have a prayer time every morning. I'd lead the Facebook prayer every morning. My kids know that's what's happening downstairs. Daddy is singing. I heard them say the other day, who is daddy talking to downstairs? And one of them said, he's talking to Jesus. You know, <laughs> I know who he's talking. I said, well, I am talking to Jesus, but I'm also talking to people in the church. And for them to know this matters, uh, having these kind of routines that they know your personal devotion matters. So for you to be in a small group, for you to serve, for them to know, and I'll just say this for parents, this is not about us trying to get more people at, at church or more people serving. You being at church for two hours so that your kids can be involved, it is critical. So I'm going to throw those things out. Those are important, important routines. But we want to give you guys some Halloween movies that we think will be lots of fun for your family that maybe could become your next tradition. So let's get into kind of just the movie discussion of our podcast. Uh, Donnie Dorsey, I know you watched a really fun movie that I think probably is good for kids three and up. I mean, even younger, I don't think there's anything objectionable. Uh, Donnie, why don't you tell them what the movie is? So the movie I watched was Hotel Transylvania. Um, it's about like this dad and he's um, raising his daughter who is a vampire. Um, spoiler alert. Um, well, isn't he Count Dracula? I think he's Count Dracula. And yeah. like, I think... I don't know when, I guess as part of, as part of the story, they'll, they'll explain later, but um, like he lost his wife, um, but they don't really like, they usually, they just show a lot of the memory of it and the positives of like what she left behind, which was kind of cool. 
Um, but it was a, it was just a really good movie about like watching a dad grow, you know, and a child learn how to like to grow with their parent. Like, and I think it shows a lot of those cool little things, like, you know, like of parents growing together with their kids. Well, and I think so. And like the premise of the movie is that he runs a hotel in Transylvania for monsters, right? Yeah. too. It's his idea is that he thinks he needs to protect, uh, everyone from people because people are the reason that they end up getting like attacked or something happens. Cause like, he's like, there's no pitchforks here. You don't have to worry about it. You can enjoy the luxury of just being able to be yourself and not have to worry about the scary people. Well, and this is basically animated monster grownups. I yeah. mean, because this is Adam Sandler, Kevin James, uh, David Spade is in it. Steve Buscemi's yeah. in it. Like, yeah. it's if 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 that is your jam of actors, uh, I think as a parent, there's lots of funny moments in it. Yeah. I think the kids, I certainly there's a lot of like physical kind of comedy mm-hmm. with like all the stuff. You know, my kids love Frankenstein because like his body parts like disassemble and all. Yeah. You know, so all of that stuff. Uh, lots of fun, emotional for the parents. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, so yeah, we d- definitely recommend that. And I think that's good for little kids. Uh, yeah. you know, probably your teenagers are not as interested, but certainly younger kids, there's not too many scary moments in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So Sawyer Hewlett, the villain of our podcast, only talking about the darkest, deepest recesses of the human psyche, the cinema of the unsettling that'll just terrify you. What is the horrifying movie that you brought for us today? I'm coming with the edgy take today. Um, I'm going with the, the the good old classic Monster House. Let me see what year this movie came out. Let me, I'm going to guess let me 2006. It's got to be close to that. Let's see. Yes, 2006. Let's go. This is, this is my. This is the only trivia I have. When did random animated movies come out? Yeah, like it. It honestly. So I really liked Monster House. I saw it in theaters. Um, and I was like, geez, that was uh, like when I saw it in theaters, I was 10 years old and I was like, wow, that was like pretty good. And then I didn't watch it for 20 years or, or 15 years. And then like when we were like, hey, let's find a Halloween movie to watch. I got on Netflix and I just typed in Halloween movies and I saw Monster House. I was like, oh, let's rewatch this. And uh, it's awesome. And uh, it's rated PG. I would say this is definitely going to air towards your older kids yeah i'd say um, i'd say seven or eight and up third grade yeah. and up, probably no, yeah that's, not because of anything objectionable but because no. it, it does have some creepy creepy i think is a good word it's not nothing gory but no. the the monster house is kind of oh creepy. yeah and there is even a little bit of some subject matter that um you know could be some territory that a parent might be useful um yeah, yeah i think so and um and so you know there's there is a guy who is grieving the death of his wife throughout the movie yeah um, i will say that that that's kind of and it's it is a little emotional not like yeah. ear jerky emotional but wells up a little bit of emotion in you uh-huh and like and the thing is look i'll just i'll spoil the heck out of it for you basically the woman that dies is the house okay she haunt she becomes the monster house and uh and the old man wants to protect the house because it's the only thing that connects him to his wife. It's really sweet, but it's also kind of spooky throughout the movie and uh, lots of fun. Good, good cast, um, little going on their adventure. Um, so to, to back up Sawyer's take on this movie, if you haven't seen it, 
Uh, my kids had had not seen it. We watched it last year. I had not seen it. This, like I said, this movie came out in 2006. I was 16. This was not my jam. It's a. I don't think it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, but it's produced. I think, and it's yeah. done in the same like animation style that he did Polar Express, and that movie was like a whole problem for me. So, um, yeah, that, it looks better than Polar Express. It does like, a lot better. But this was one where they were talking about like, oh, it's the same thing. Like it was so innovative and it just turned me off. So I'd never seen it, but I watched it last year. Really loved it. Surprised at how much I loved it. Funny, yeah. uh, a little scary, not bad scary. I think creepy is a good word. A little creepy, couple jump scares. Um, but my kids talk about this movie again and again. We were talking the other day about what are we going to watch in October, once again, to go to like traditions that your kids love. And this was one they brought up. They're like, we got to watch the one with the monster house. We got to watch that. So I'm fully on board with Sawyer's pick. This is a really good one. Uh, and I think you'll have a lot. Of, and I think it's one a lot of people, I think a lot of people have seen, but I think a lot of people haven't. So I think it's probably a 50, 50 split. Easily forgettable. Again, I, I watched this when it came out in theaters and then didn't watch it for 15 years. So yeah, yeah. My, my my kids would argue against forgettable because they can't shut up about it. Very but, true. But uh, anyway, Heidi Cooper, uh, what movie? Now, I know you watched what I think now. I know we're not technically 25. I think we're 19 years in because I'm going to guess this movie is 1993. Um, and this is a movie that has become so, somewhat of like a cable classic. It certainly was all over ABC Family, but you had never seen it before. So why don't you tell us what movie uh, you watched? Yeah, I watched Hocus Pocus, and it was so much fun. It was hilarious. I loved the characters. Um, and yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I never watched it because, um, like, I was, uh, you know, an adult when it was kind of like, um, like a typical thing you'd watch around Halloween. And yeah. my son was just never interested in it. And I was, you know, it was just me and him. And so because he didn't want to watch it, we didn't watch that one specifically. But it was a lot of fun to watch now. And I, I have a lot of uh, friends and other family that they enjoy it. And so it'll be fun, you know, it'll be fun to watch with them as well. Yeah, I have and, a question. Good. Did this movie get a theatrical release? Yeah, 100%. So I was going to talk okay. about that. I think the reason that um, someone like Heidi, and I, I'll tell you this, I had never seen it until about four or five years ago. My wife, who grew up watching it, wanted to watch it. This movie is the It's a Wonderful Life of Halloween movies. Here's what I mean. Initially, horribly received. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. It's a Wonderful Life. People hated it. It made almost no money. Critically, it was People hated it. Coming after World War II, people did not want a movie about a man who thought he shouldn't exist. Uh, and so people were like, nope, this movie, not going to work. And because it and Hocus Pocus, also not very like beloved when it came out, uh, because they were so cheap, because no one wanted to, they ran in syndication again and again. Channels, these little local channels could get them because no one wanted to pay money for them. And then they became movies that because people just watched them on TV again and again when they were young, loved them. And so Hocus Pocus is one of those, which is why it has taken 19 years for there to be a sequel that's coming out on Disney Plus in two years. So it makes sense why Heidi had never seen it. I had never seen it either I because it just – it wasn't like a movie parents were like, you got to watch this. It's a movie that millennials kind of grew up watching on TV and then eventually – it has become a beloved thing. So, but I agree. Lots of, lots of really fun stuff in this movie. Um, 
and uh, it, it'll be good to see all of the witches back. And uh, it's just good spooky. One week from today. There you go. Well, one week today from when we're oh, filming this, it's week. probably already out by the time yeah, we have filmed this. Time this is coming out. Yeah. So I don't know if it's any good, but I'm sure people will let us know. Probably not. Okay, so my uh, movie that I watched is a movie that is new on Netflix, came out last year. It's called Night Books. This stars Kristen Ritter, um, and uh, she is a witch who haunts a hotel, no, an apartment complex. And uh, she's very much like a Hansel and Gretel witch. Spoiler alert, that kind of becomes a part of what comes later. But she is luring children into her apartment she then kidnaps them and either is going to eat them or she asks them if they have any kind of like skill that they could use that would be of a benefit to her and she ends up trapping this little boy at the beginning who writes spooky stories he writes scary stories but because of some bullying reasons that come out later in the movie he has given up. He's never going to write spooky stories again. But she says, you have to tell me a scary story every night or I'm going to kill you. And it's just a movie about him writing these scary stories. And there's another little girl who's trapped in there. It's very Hocus Pocus vibes. Like I'll just say that I will say it's a little edgier than that. In fact, it's a little scarier. So I'd say this is really for you, maybe like fifth grade and up. It's probably not scary enough for like, high school but middle school preteen i think this movie will hit this is another one that i had forgotten about and the reason i chose it my kids were saying we need to watch this movie again we loved it and so um it's just a really fun one so i think that gives you kind of a list of some stuff but right as we're wrapping up just to have fun i want everyone else just to kind of what are some movies that we didn't get a chance to kind of hone in on that you think are just good Halloween type movies. I'm going to throw one out there just to get us rolling. We're going to take one minute. I've set the timer now beginning here. Uh, Beetlejuice, I think is a classic. This is a little older, maybe eight and up, but just really fun comedy horror. Uh, almost any Tim Burton thing. Corpse Bride. That's another really good one. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. That is a, that that uh yeah. Henry Selleck, Tim Burton produced Sawyer. You said Coraline, also yeah. really good. Yeah. Is that Henry Charlie Selleck? Charlie Brown's well? Halloween is totally fun. And it's oh yeah, so great cool. pumpkin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adam's family. We mentioned that earlier, kind of derisively, but I would say let's go with the old one. The old one is actually good, is the thing. I'll tell you, the second Adam's family that came out uh recently uh is actually pretty darn good. It's actually yeah. a little a little funny. I'd say it's Hotel Transylvania of just kind of like, you know, do you just need something fun to watch? It's got some good, good vibes on it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of horror stuff. We got. There's a movie called Fun Size, which stars Victoria Justice from the uh, TV show Victorious, which my girls love from Nickelodeon fame. Uh, it's a really fun. It's kind of like it's not a scary movie. It's about these kids on Halloween. She's the older sister wants to go to like a high school party, but she has to bring her little brother along. I'll tell you the vibes it has for people who remember this movie. If you ever saw Adventures in Babysitting, it has Adventures in Babysitting vibes out out the wazoo, uh, but just just on Halloween night. So any other Halloween family favorites out there? I I will admit this might not be for everyone. I really love anything related to Goosebumps. Um, oh, yeah, my kids love those two, both Goosebumps like, 1 and 2. Yeah, like I love both those movies. Um, I have a lot of fun with them. Yeah, I agree. So a lot I, of- I'm literally just looking up family 
Halloween movie. And I'm just like, Oh, I love that one. I love that one. There's, there's a lot of great ones. Goosebumps. I, I really love, I almost watched the first one for this, but I could, I don't think it's available on any streaming site. Yeah. I don't think so either, but lots of really good options out there. I've seen a couple that are coming out this year that I'm really excited to watch with my kids. So what's most important is though, that you just build these traditions and more than that, a rhythm of life that centers Jesus in everything you do as a family. Cause our goal is to help our kids love Jesus and his way of life even more. We want to help you have better conversations around that. So I hope you'll join us next week as we continue our Halloween movies with the Pixar family, wonderful film, Coco. We'll see you then.